Welcome to WeRDB. I am Brenton and I'm joined as always by Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 56 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Released in 1981, starring Harrison Ford as the lead, Raiders of the Lost Ark is an action-adventure movie set in 1936, well, all over the world. He's an archaeologist who goes to Egypt and Nepal, and it opens in Peru. I mean, hell, it's Indiana Jones. Um, So I think this is mostly set in Egypt. I'd say it's mostly set in Egypt. Yeah. Based on a story by George Lucas... Raiders of the Lost Ark is written by Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the screenplay for Star Wars uh, episodes 5, 6, and 7, and Rogue One. And the movie is directed by Steven Spielberg. So it's quite a lot of big people working on this, and they're all pretty much like at the height of everyone's popularity. Like at the height of each of their popularity? Yeah. And success? Yeah, okay. I would say so. I would say so. Because what what year did this come out? 81. Oh, yeah, so they'd be riding the Star Wars wave, wouldn't they? Lucas would be anyway. Yeah, I think it was was the same year uh, Empire Strikes Back came out. This movie was nominated for nine Oscars, including Best Picture. Raiders. Yeah, and it won five. So it won a Special Achievement Award, just like the original Star Wars movies did, and I think it deserves that one because of its pop cultural influence and what it actually did to the sort of the industry and the genre. But I don't think this is Best Picture worthy. So what was that award? What was it? Uh, it's a Special Achievement Oscar sort of thing. Special Achievement Award For what? Oscar. Um, having like a significant contribution to the okay. film industry, I think it is. Mm. I think that's what it is. I don't know if they still give those out. They don't give them out every year. Now, with a movie like this, we generally like to just give a sort of a rundown. I was a brief idea as to if you don't know the franchise... We'll just show you sort of a blueprint as to what that looks like, just so that you have some idea as to how many installments there are and such. Uh, So this is the first installment of the Indiana Jones series that sees Harrison Ford play the protagonist, Dr. Colonel Henry Walton Jones Jr., and his friends call him Indiana Jones. I'm not sure why he's called Indiana. I think it's mentioned in the third one, but I don't remember why. They said that was the dog's name. Oh. I really like the dog. Weird. (laughs) Uh, So there was a prequel to this movie released three years later, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, It's set a year before Raiders in 1935. Now, I don't particularly like that one, but I think the biggest downfall of the second one is the fact that you know it's a prequel, so it takes away any stakes because you know that everyone's going to get through it sort of thing. I didn't realize it was, and maybe that's just because I never really paid attention because I've seen all of these enough times to remember like the main plot points you know did you watch all these when you were a kid when i was a teenager yeah i think i started getting into them when i was like 13 okay so this is the second time i've seen through it and i watched all four of them in order to do this episode uh the first time i watched through all four of them was about three years ago Mm. so it wasn't that long ago 
I'd already seen all of verse three, like enough times by the time the fourth one came out. You know right, what I mean? Okay. Well, the fourth one yeah. came out in 2008. We'll get to that. Um, so then there was a sequel to Raiders released in 1989, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was set in 1938. And the fourth installment that everyone was asking for came 19 years later in 2008, and that one is set in 1957. So even the original trilogy was actually released over an eight-year period. Like, they didn't cram them out. He surprisingly, though, like, he didn't age terribly. I wouldn't say terribly, but it is noticeable from the first to the third, I say. Okay, but it's it still wasn't like, oh, he's old now. Like, it didn't yeah, feel like Yeah, it definitely that, got that by the know? fourth one, though. Uh. Oh, pff, yeah. <laughs> the fifth one is set to be released in 2022, which is 14 years after the last one. Okay, see, I wanted to bring this up, but I didn't, I don't have a reliable source. I don't remember where I heard it from. It might have been in the hype around when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, but... There was always an original contract to do five. That's what mm, I had heard. Maybe um, Harrison Ford had signed up to do five, and then they just didn't do the fourth and the fifth until way later. I wonder what the reasoning for that is. Yeah, and I like I said, I remember hearing this somewhere or reading it or something. So I always kind of knew there was going to be a fifth one. So currently, as of this recording, the title for that one isn't confirmed. I imagine it's going to be Indiana Jones and the something. Uh, and Harrison Ford is playing the same character. I'm surprised he's coming back. He's almost like he's doing sort of like a best of Harrison Ford kind of thing because he he obviously mm. played Han Solo again a couple of times in the new, new trilogy. Uh, and he also did the new Blade Runner movie. I feel like there was something else as well that he's, he just keeps playing these old characters that he did back in the 80s. Do you think he minds? Like, do you think... I don't know. Because I don't think he's a big fan of Blade Runner and Star Wars, even though he's, like, one of the main guys in it. But I think he enjoys doing it enough. Okay. And that... Because I wondered about that, like, whether or not he was actually, like, into Star Wars. No, he's Um, not. (laughs) Mark Hamill is. He's a big Star Wars fan. But that's interesting that he went on to do a whole second franchise that was written and done by George Lucas. I mean, I know it was Spielberg, but it was still heavily influenced by George Lucas. I can imagine that Indiana Jones is a lot more fun to make than Star Wars. I don't know, there's because something Star about Wars it. had a lot of model work and stuff. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot more on location kind of stuff. With Indiana Jones. Yeah, so, yeah. so if this comes out in 22, then that's going to be five movies over a 41-year span, and Harrison mm-hmm. Ford's going to be in all of them. And the fifth one, apparently, is uh, even though Spielberg directed the first four, he's not set to direct the next one. Um, James Mangold is is on to direct that one, who has a pretty good track record. He directed Walk the Line, he did Logan, and he recently did Ford vs. Ferrari last year. So I'm not going to judge what that movie is going to be like until I see it or have any other knowledge about it. I just hope it's still got the same kind of feel, you know? Yeah. Because the fourth one definitely had the same feel, and I think that's because it was Spielberg. A lot of people would argue with that. Because this is a very beloved series. Yeah. I feel like, actually, the fourth one was a bit less tacky than the other ones. Like, it was tacky enough that it still fit, but it was a bit less tacky. Mm. You know what I mean? 
I think it really fit. So I don't particularly like Raiders. I think it's like, if anyone actually truly likes this movie, you have to ask yourself the question, how old were you when you first watched it? Because I think it's purely nostalgia. It's just purely nostalgia fuel for why this movie has a legacy. Because rewatching it, if you try to think critically about it, it's not a good movie. I think I like, what was it, Last Crusade? What's that one Yeah, called? I would say Last Crusade's yeah. the best for me. I like that one best. And I'll go into more reasons later. So we're going to have a little... Before I go diving into Raiders, I'm going to give just a brief my idea on the first four. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll have a bit of a discussion around those. Um, but I like the third one the best, Last Crusade. And I think that's because it's most fun. Because there's parts where they're, like, solving riddles and figuring out clues and things. And Raiders, the best parts of Raiders, I think, has that as well, where they're trying to figure out, you know, the fact that the bad guy didn't see the other side of this medallion, so he doesn't have a different clue, so therefore Indy's looking in a different place. That's really fun for me in Raiders. And the second one doesn't have that at all. The third one's a bit more clever than the other two. Yeah, it's fun for me in the third one to uh, watch them think and figure these things out. Well... And I love the interplay between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. Yeah, the dynamic between them. Yeah, I love Dr. So Jones Sr. And it's a very different kind of interaction because in that one, he's he really doesn't have a female companion for a lot of it. Uh, well, yeah, he does. He's that. There's that blonde chick. Dr. Schneider. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she is there, but she's not there in the same way that... Mary is the first one. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Like um So it's just a different dynamic. It's kind of fresh. Mm. Um were they even really looking for anything in the second one? I don't think so. They sort of went to India and then they just sort of fell ass backwards into this evil guy's plan and then all of a sudden they were in this temple and the last half of the movie is just like them trying to get out of it. It's really strange. Mm. So I would say the third one is my favorite, and then Raiders, then the fourth one, and then the second, because I really don't... The second doesn't have any structure. There's no storyline. Um, and it does. it's not fun to watch. Like, it's kind of a drag. And she screams so much. Yeah. Yeah. The, the female companion in the second one is just annoying. I like Shorty. Yeah. He's a little That's strange, a fun- though. I don't know why they made that a, a prequel. Um, yeah. Generally, I find that people don't like the fourth one because it's too crazy, right? You've got the scene where he survives a nuclear holocaust in a fridge, which I don't know why he ha- that's got nothing to do with anything. I don't know why that's in there. Uh, and obviously, there's the overarching theme of, like, aliens were behind the city of El Dorado, and that's what they go on. That's the kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, but all the others have supernatural elements, you know, uh, the first one was like Wrath of God powers, you know. The first one has ghosts and lightning flying out of... A box. A 2,000-year-old box. This box that's melting people's faces and shit. The second one has him like... Okay, there's a scene in the second one where he f- jumps out of a plane with a life raft and slides down a mountainside and he's perfectly fine. Goes off a cliff and into a waterfall. It's like, uh, okay... There's a scene in that one where a guy literally rips another guy's heart out of his chest with his bare hands while the other guy's still alive and then, like, drops him into this pit that's, like, the gateway to hell. And it's like, okay, that that's fine, right? 
Um, and the third mm-hmm. one obviously has them looking for the Holy Grail, and they come across this guy that's been alive for the last 700 years. And then people are having problems with the aliens. I was going to say, so all that's plausible, but not aliens. Yeah, so I just think that if you don't like the fourth one, then I think people didn't really like the fourth one is because they grew up since the original trilogy and realised how crappy these movies actually are. Because I think Mm. the fourth one actually feels a lot like the original trilogy. It was actually a really good continuation of these cheesy action adventure movies from the 80s. It's just that you're not looking at through those rose-coloured glasses anymore. So I think if you looked at it critically... I I would give this movie a 5 out of 10, meaning that it's better than half of all movies ever made, but it's also worse than half of all movies ever made. It's average. It's perfectly fine. It is tip of the bell curve for me. As someone who has seen it for when you were young, how do you feel about what I just said? I'm trying to think of how, like, I mean... Am I, like, upset and, like, you're full of shit? No. Like, that's a perfectly adequate sentiment to hold, and I think, logically speaking, you're probably right. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, there's a reason why I really like these movies. Because when I was a teenager, I said, I like superhero movies, I like fast car movies, and I like Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's what I liked. Um, and I think they come down to one word, right? All those genres. Action. It's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's... It's fun action to just sit there and chuck on without thinking too much, right? And if that's what you're looking for, there's definitely value in that. Yeah. Which is why I like the third, and the reasons why I like them is because they have that cheesy fun. The third one's actually pretty funny. Like, we were talking about the dynamic between them. Um, It's some really funny bits in there. Mm. I'm just trying to think, like, I reckon I like these as much, if not a little bit more than, say, the Marvel movies. Yeah, they're different. They are different, and that's a personal preference. Like, if I was going to chuck something on, I'd rather watch Indiana Jones than watch any one of the Marvel movies. Is part of that to do with the fact that they're part of a huge chronicle? Yes, that's definitely part of it. Um, But also, like you said, there's there's just a bit more going on. You can become a bit more immersed in the story and then go away from it there's enough like historicism in it whether or not a bunch of it's accurate i'd say some of it is or if it's not then it's at least compelling enough to make you think it is um i like how they sort of based them on real relics and artifacts and stuff it's mm. like oh i've heard of the ark of the Covenant or the holy grail or whatever what's the law behind that and then they go down and f- solve these clues sort of thing um mm-hmm. similar to what like there's been plenty of knockoffs but that's what makes something like National Treasure really fun for me, is them mm-hmm. solving the puzzles. It's them solving the puzzles. I personally find them doing that in National Treasure a lot more enjoyable because there's Cage a lot one, more right? of it. Yeah, with Nicolas Cage. Obviously, the, the yeah. second one's a bit eh. But the first one is fun. It's genuinely good. See, and I think that speaks a bit to the kind of stuff we like because I'd rather watch the... Let's run away from the big boulder, then let's sit here and try and figure out the puzzle before the guy on the TV does. Kind of thing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before the guy on um, the TV does. So that's just personal preference then? Yes. yes. Right. That's fine. We're just talking about movies here, right? Like everything's personal yeah. preference. Like when you said the statement, like, this is better than half of all movies, but also worse than half of all movies, I'll give that to you. I think I would personally give it like a six or a seven. 
And yeah. it's the this series, like I still like watching them. They're still one of my favorite series because I like them and they're fun. That's fun. Even though I recognize their downfalls. Is that fair? I'm definitely gonna go see the fifth one just because I'm curious and I like seeing a complete series franchises and stuff. Oh, and I reckon it'll be good. Especially with like James Mangold behind it. Like obviously Spielberg's still gonna work on it as a producer, but So um, you you said that Harrison Ford is gonna be in it? Yes. Okay. I'd be surprised if Shia LaBeouf shows up. <sighs> I doubt That's it. That's the thing. <laughs> like, that... I had heard via the rumors of probably the grapevine, not even the internet, um, that it was going to be mostly him, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, really? Like, oh, no, Did don't Did you do hear that. that, like, 15 years ago? Probably, like, five. Okay. Yeah, so... He is having a bit of a comeback. I just, I don't want it to be an Indiana Jones movie without Indiana Jones. No, it's definitely going to have Harrison Ford. And even Harrison Ford has said, like, when I die, there's not going to be any more Indiana Jones. Like, that's it, right? Well, and I just, I want him to have a substantive role in that movie, not like he did as Han Solo. Yeah, okay, no, that's a fair enough statement. Because he is Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's not called... You know? Han Solo was <laughs> or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. So he, yeah, okay. I'm just saying I would be disappointed if he didn't, if if it wasn't mostly centered around him as the main character again. I just feel like people who hold this movie in too high of regard, I just think it's overrated in that sense. People who do that really shit on the fourth one because, well, like I said, they've come to the realization that these movies aren't great. Even though the fourth one, it's very much a sequel. To the very first one, right? You bring back mm. Marion as a character. Uh, and even there's got, like, this glimpse of the Ark of the Covenant sort of there. And I feel like they're trying to play on very similar things that's happening in the, from the first one. So it's kind of more of a sequel to the first one than it is the third, if that makes sense. And you see this a lot with, like, comedy movies in the sense that comedy movies tend to make sequels that are playing the exact same jokes as the first one. And yet people come out and say, oh, the first one was great, but the second one sucked. And I never get that because it's like, they're doing the exact same thing, right? So you either love both of them or hate both of them. I don't understand that. And I don't think people are thinking about it properly when they say things like that. Because I think what it is is like the first time they heard that joke, it was funny. Right, okay. You know what I mean? And the second time they heard it, I'm like, I've already heard that before. So it's not I'm funny if I've like already heard it before. 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. I think that's a very funny progression, even though they're doing oh, yeah. the exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing. You also get this with, like, that Neighbors, um, Bad Neighbors movie with Seth Rogen. They were doing the same thing with the sequel there. Uh, Hangover Part 1 and 2. People love the first one but hate the second one, even though they're doing the same thing. And I feel like that's the same thing with the fourth one. And it's like, well, you either see that they're all cheesy crap or none of them are. I don't understand it. I think that was a benefit for me watching them all when I was between like 13 and 16 is that I didn't grow up in the 80s. You know what I mean? So I could kind of enjoy them all as a chunk Yeah. without the space in between. Yeah. So in your mind, they're sort of all one entity kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I recognize that they're, they're not, but that's how I see it. Well, it was all pretty much the same people working on it. It was still written by George Lucas, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Harrison Ford, you well, know? like. And the fact is that, like, the fourth one still feels so much the same. It does. Like we talked I about. I watched it yeah. last night. It feels like Raiders of the Lost Ark 2, 
So I don't know what... I think it's just like you're not looking at it from a seven-year-old's perspective when you watch the Raiders and you were like, oh my god, look at cinema. Uh, so yeah. I think that's what, what that is. And kudos to the producers and the filmmakers for actually being able to do that. Like, creating the same ambiance. There were some parts in there that I, I could have done without, but... Oh, probably. Yeah. I think there's parts in all of them that the person could have oh, done Oh, absolutely. Without. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm going to get into that. Um, <laughs> so, I will be getting into spoilers now, talking more and specifically about the Raiders here, rather than the series. So, this movie starts out in Peru, where he's trying to go get this golden idol, which is pretty much just a symbol. Like, it's not really necessary to the progression it's just sort of an introduction to the character it is a great introduction by the way because you don't see his face for quite a while yeah you just know that he's like this mysterious sort of character in this like interesting location he's got this whip i don't know why that became a thing but it's 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 pretty cool he's got obviously got his leather jacket and his hat they kind of bring it out in the third one there was also a tv series i think it was called the Chronicles of Young Indiana Jones? Or was it just called Young Indiana Jones? I remember watching that when I was a kid, and that was from 92 to 93. There was like three seasons or so, and that was Young Indiana Jones, obviously, kind of like the beginning prologue of Last Crusade. Um, So yeah, I don't know why they didn't do the fourth one then, because there's obviously popularity for it. They had a budget to do the fourth one in the early 90s, and it would have been great. So maybe they explain sort of stuff like that in that sort of show. What did you say about the whip? It's because he fell into the the lion's car on the train. And oh, so that's they had a whip right. in there. Yeah, so he's just kept his whip the whole time. Yeah, that's when he started. Like, that was the first time he used a whip. And then that's also how he got his hat. Yeah, don't get me started on the whip. That doesn't make any sense. So he, f- he flings it onto things, and then he swings, and then somehow it detaches when it didn't detach while he was putting his weight on it. And that happens yeah, on all know. four of the movies. Okay, all right. There's a lot of instances where it's like, well, you're not getting that whip back. And the next scene, he's got his whip. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering, like, this opening scene in Peru, where you've got all these, like, this is on all four of them, and you see it in, like, Tomb Raider, and you see it in, like, the Uncharted video games, and obviously National Treasure, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it has a legacy for this genre, where these old ancient ruins always have booby traps, right? You step on the wrong thing, something tries to kill you. There's obviously the great big boulder rolling scene. Did those booby traps actually exist? Was that a real thing? Or is it just, like, created from comic books and things like Indiana Jones? I don't know. Because I don't know if they could be. And if they are, a lot of these traps are a one-time-use kind of thing because they're obviously weighted by rocks and things. Mm. You couldn't reset them very easily. There's, like, using ballast with weights of sand and water and things. I just think, is that movie magic, or is there some truth behind that? Did the guys, when they were, like, finding the tomb of Tutankhamun, come across booby traps or something? Or is it purely myth and legend? I'm just trying to think, because I've been to a fair few Mayan and Aztec ruins, Mm. right? And so if there was going to be any sort of evidence it'd be in places like that, like these are the kind of settings that this movie is set around. And I don't recall anything like that. Of course, I wouldn't have seen it, but there's a lot of... There's a lot of literature and information around at those sites telling you, like, when they discovered it and blah, 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 blah. And I don't recall anything... Yeah, like I don't that. I don't think of any evidence either because I've 
like similar, I got a lot of information. I went to the British Museum in London and they had like obviously Egyptian artifacts and things. Uh, and I feel like that's the kind of thing that they would tell you about if that were real. Yeah, like six people died in the expedition to... It's really cool trait though. Like it's fun to watch in movies. It yeah. sort of just makes these people, um, the natives, seem just more mysterious. It's like anything could be around the corner. Even though people haven't been here for a thousand years or so. Anything can happen. It's clever. Well, and it could even just be an extension of... So we know that the Aztec and Mayan people... And I'm talking about the Latin Americans because they're the ones I know most about and I don't know much about the Egyptians. Um, But those ancient civilizations were very, very intelligent in terms of, like, understanding astrology and mathematics and physics and... Sorry, yes, astronomy. Um... (laughs) And agriculture and all that. So it could even be an extension of just that, like, we can't depict these people, but we want to depict something about how... Their ingenuity, yeah. Yeah, and so that, it could have been translated into that. Okay, yeah. You know? I think that's a really good trait that this movie has, obviously. Well, and I think a lot of those booby traps that we see, no, I don't think they would have left them there as, like, a protective measure, but those kind of brutal forces they definitely used against each other as, like, I'm stabbing you with a stick and stuff like that. Yeah, because you know there's I mean? the blow darts that are in the wall, and obviously they used real blow darts. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of a, a, this progression of their technology and engineering. Yes, and there is evidence around the fact that, yes, those technologies existed, and yes, they used them. So yeah. it could have just been, like, a natural Hollywood progression to say, well, we can't actually fit ancient Mayans into this or ancient Aztecs, but we can insert them into this through this means kind of thing. Yeah, so I don't know what's actually original depicted in this movie, meaning that, like, even the character of Indiana Jones, was he inspired by a bunch of different avenues or, like, a pulp character? Or was he completely original with all these original ideas? And knowing George Lucas and Spielberg, it's probably the first one, um, taking inspiration from a lot of other places, so... Mm. I don't want to dive into giving them the full credit for doing things like that, like creating this character and and uh, showing these booby traps and things, but they're definitely... I, I stand by the fact that they absolutely deserved the special achievement Oscar that they got because yeah. of what they did with that information. It's similar to what we were talking about with Star Wars. It's like George Lucas ripped the hell off with Star Wars, but what he did with it, the guy was really quite brilliant with what he was able to yeah. do with the source material. And I think there's some real value in that. So even though it's not as original, it's like, hey, what the hell is? You know, everything's inspired by something. Yes. And I can absolutely see why somebody would look at an archaeological expedition as a basis for an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who has ever thought of an archaeologist as like this action hero kind of thing? However. Really quite clever. Like looking at, because when was the tomb of Tutankhamun discovered and excavated? Uh, in the 20s. I think it was like 24 to 26. Okay. So, so set pretty much right around this time, yeah? A little yeah, bit it was about before. 10 years before this movie was set. At that time, like, that was some of the wildest shit that anybody had ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're hearing about, like, you probably read in the newspapers um, testimonies by some of these archaeologists about, you know, people didn't go to Egypt. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you go to Egypt and there's this different culture and you're going into this really ancient structure and you're finding all these new things. And it's, it's so it's just, like, mystical. 
almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like anything you'd seen before. Yeah, and so it's not much of a leap again to take that setting that was a real setting and a real way of thinking about archaeology in people's minds at that point in time and adding it, adding action to it. You yeah, know what I, I think mean? that's a very important point when you're looking at Indiana Jones in context because that's what made things like Universal's monster movies, like The Mummy, so appealing because that the original one with Boris Karloff came out in 1931. I've seen that movie. And they go to, to, to have an expedition in Egypt. I think I've spoken about this before on a Charlie Chaplin Yeah, so episode. again, it would have been... But that was like five years after the guys actually went into that tomb. So it's so recent in the audience's mind. Mm. It adds a level of context to it. Yeah. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Mm. Um, there was one thing about this movie because when the first time I watched them, all the movies sort of blended together in my head because I watched them all pretty close together. But now that I've seen them a second time, I, I can pretty much distinct, oh, this is from the second movie, this is from the first. But all three of them sort of just all the time just made me go as if that would happen. There's so much that just makes me go, really? Like, uh, it's not how that works. Were you able, though, to sit back and be like, yeah, it's horseshit, but it's still amusing. Yes, like, like the analogy okay. that you said, where what you were talking about, Fast and Furious movies or MCU or something, you yeah. were talking about just like turning your brain off and just having fun with it. And that's yeah. fine, right? But if you're looking for this to be set in any sort of reality, which I was because it's based on real things or, right yeah at least you were initially i was initially um yeah because you were sitting through the first one you're like this is bullshit and i'm gonna have a lot to say about this rah, rah, rah. And yeah then by it's the end just it, like just, everything yeah. that happens it's kind of like that scene from star wars the very iconic one from the very first movie where harrison ford says he uses the word parsec as a unit of time when if you think about it it's actually a unit of distance where yeah. if you're just watching the Goofy movie, you don't pick up on it, right? It's just a thing that they say, and it's like, oh, that makes sense, blah, blah, blah. But if you actually stop and you think about it, it doesn't thing. actually yeah. make any sense. Um, that's this whole movie, right? It's like, if you don't think about it, it's fine. But if you actually do think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, let's get into that, because I'm like, I don't think it's that bad. There's the scene where you're introduced to Marion, and she's... In a drinking game, for starters, basically to show off that she's a badass bitch and she's been living in Nepal or something for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the very next scene, she's like, okay, for starters, in, the, in that she loses, if you think about it, because a drinking game is a back and forth. You go once, I go once. You go twice, I go twice. And the guy that she's versing obviously started first. So he took his drink. Then she took one. They both barely standing up. And then he takes his last drink and knocks over. And she needs to finish that last drink to win. And everyone says, oh, you won. And it's like, no, you have to finish that last drink. Otherwise, you don't win. You're, it's, it's a tie. You, you won on a technicality. Whatever. If you, if you watch it again, you realize that she doesn't actually win that drinking game. Anyway. And then the very next scene, Indy shows up. And then the bad guys show up. And hijinks ensue. And the place ends up burning down. But that's like a 15-minute scene. And I'm just thinking, you'd be wasted. The entire time. She almost destroys the medallion because it gets thrown into the fire. And the whole thing, it's just like, really? As if. It, I don't know. She'd be so drunk. The whole scene ends up in a shootout and she seems fine. <sighs> and sobered up and she wouldn't be at that point. It bothered me more than it probably should have. <laughs> yeah. 
You, that tends to happen with you sometimes. But I, I, I feel like there's a lot of those throughout the whole movie. Like, she gets kidnapped later and taken to Cairo towards the end of the movie. I didn't really understand why the bad guys stole her in the first place. He gives her a dress and then says you can leave or whatever. And yeah. She ends up leaving later. Um, yeah, because they went into the effort of actually transporting this girl to another country when they even say that she has no use. Um, because they already have the information that she could have possibly given them. They already had it before they took her there. The bad guys. Yeah, so I'm like, is she oh. bait? And it's like, well, no, because you thought that he was dead. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> the whole movie is just like, eh, whatever, forget about it. It's like, why is there a German... Maybe you can answer this like legitimately. Mm. This isn't me just picking. Why is a German political party wanting to dig for relics in Egypt? So... Or is it just that Nazis are bad guys, let's make them the bad guy in every movie? Literally every they... movie is about the Nazis. Alright, so what, first of all, what year is this? This is 36 and the next one's 38? Like, the last one's 38? This one is 36. The second one was 35, and yeah. the last one was 38. So all this is happening before the war. Anyway. Yes, but the Nazis were around. Yeah. So they said Hitler wanted the Ark of the Covenant as, like, a weapon. Right, right so he wanted to harness the power. He wanted to harness the power of God that could come out of it because right. in all of the the text and literature that surrounded it, it's like it unleashes like fire and lightning and the wrath of God. And whoever holds it is all powerful kind of thing. I feel like that's the storyline for a lot of movies. Like look at the MCU with the Tesseract. That's what they were doing, like Hellboy. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of things that the Nazis are always trying to harness the power. Well, yeah. we want this thing so that we're all powerful. Yeah. The Nazis in particular. Like, if Hitler was actually doing everything that movies have ever said, like, he's a very busy guy. Well, it's the same reason why he wanted the uh, the Holy Grail. He wanted to make his armies immortal. Right, okay. Yeah. There's a catch there at the end of that one. It wouldn't have worked out, but, you know, we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Um. You see, even when Indiana Jones shows up at that excavation site... So he's on the excavation site when the bad guy doesn't know that he's there, right? He's got this element of surprise, which he blows a couple of times, by the way, in a dumb way. And wasn't trying very hard. Like, how did nobody notice them? But anyway. Yeah, like, he ends up getting caught in that scene due to carelessness, and it's kind of infuriating in a couple of ways. But he's there without being caught, and he's, he's wearing sort of similar dress to what everyone else is, so he blends in. But while everyone else is digging, he sort of just gets changed into his very iconic Indiana Jones look. And he's standing mm -hmm. up on the rim so everyone can see him with his hat and his leather jacket that stands out. And it's like, why did you do that? You got changed out of incognito. What for? Just so that the audience can recognize that you're Indiana. <sighs> and then he opens this thing up and you've got this chamber that's full of snakes, which apparently hasn't been opened for thousands of years. Also, I don't think the jackals would have been carved like that. I don't think anything would have been anything in this movie. <laughs> okay. I'm just picking nits, but anyway. Yeah, okay. I guess I am as well. Um, it's just, it bothered me more than it probably should have. And I, I just don't think that it should be held in such high regard when it has so many flaws. I think this movie is dumb. It's actually really dumb and very predictable, even if you've never seen it before. 
just probably because of the things that have come since and that are playing on the same things. Like, this might have been where all those cliches came from, and that's probably why it's... It was the original cliche. Yeah, so it's probably a little unfair for me to say that. But I do think it's dumb. Like, it's not really clever. I think the third one's clever, and that's why it's my favourite. But um. But it is fun, though. You can't deny that this one's still fun. It Parts of it. Other yeah. parts I could fast-forward over. Fair enough. Uh, like, the, there's a car chase at the end of that excavation scene. That I can fast-forward over, because it's just, like... It doesn't make any sense. Like, there's guys, like, falling over cliffs and stuff, even though they're in the desert, and then the next scene, they're in a jungle. And it's like, do you not care about continuity whatsoever? Oh, yeah. I'm and not then, usually like, this nitpicky about a dumb movie. Like, this whole podcast, there's only been, like, two or three movies that I haven't really liked. Like, even at the beginning, he's running toward the plane, and it's like it's like he's running toward the water, and then he has to run toward trees. He's yelling, like, start the plane, start the plane, and he can't see it. Yeah, he's running through the jungle, and then the next shot, he's running across a field, and then the next one, he goes into the jungle again, and then he's on the plane. I don't know. Yeah. But again, if you don't think about it, it's okay. It made me say as if a lot. That's all. As if the movie. Um, but it has fun charm. So. Did you have any questions about what the Ark of the Covenant is? I did is? have to ask myself that because I'm like, what is the Ark of the Covenant exactly? Because I've heard of this. And he does explain it a bit in the movie just so that the audience does yeah. have some background. Um, so it's basically just a box that was made to hold the Ten Commandments? Yeah, so it was made by the Hebrews who accompanied Moses to Mount Sinai. So that's where he went up on the mountain and God gave him these two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments on it. And then I didn't realize, I never read about that bit, but apparently he smashed them, um, yeah, the tablets. Yeah, so... I remember reading, because I went to religious school and I read the Bible and stuff, but mm. um, I remember there being the original Ten Commandments, he smashed them, and then there was a second set of Ten Commandments. Okay. I don't remember reading about the Ark of the Covenant. It could honestly be, like, Jewish lore. It could be more important in Judaism than it is in Christianity. Okay. Because um, I think they're more about their symbolism and stuff like that than Christians are, mm. in a different way. Anyway, so yeah, this box is a wooden box that's covered in gold and decorated um, and that these bits of rock were put in and then carted around the desert and at some point it became imbued with magic and the power of God. Yeah, that whole ghost scene at the end of this really took me out of it because it's like, okay, if I was already forgiving a few things that were still set in reality, this is where you've lost me. Because there's lightning coming out, and the only thing that can save you from the lightning is closing your eyes. I do wonder how they did that special effect to go with the guy, like, melting his face. Another one, Mm. like, turns inside out, and another one, like, he ages until he dies sort of thing. So it also makes you question, what does this do to you? If it does something different to everyone, because all the other soldiers get sucked into the box. They don't even get their face melted. So what is the power, or is it all just this mysterious MacGuffin? I'm going to go with yeah. Mysterious MacGuffin. Mm. I would just like some more clarity about what the hell is actually going on, that's all. Like, as a side note, so we see this with both of the religious relics that are supposedly, we're going to say supposedly real things. They're referred to in history. I'm going to assume they're referred to in the Bible, which are the Ark of the Covenant 
and the Holy Grail. Mm. And they're both these things that were just everyday items that people made to kind of celebrate these things that were holy to them. And over time, they became seen as these supernatural objects with really, like, mystical powers. And so I'm just curious as to, like, how did that happen over time? Like, I know, honestly, like, a cup's a cup and it's always going to be a cup. But how did it... How did it get to a point in people's minds where it was, if you drink from this cup, you're going to live forever? Like, how did that Even story come about? He drank you know? that at the Last Supper, so he literally didn't live forever straight after that. So it didn't even have powers for him. So is it like it got powers because Jesus drank out of it? Was that the point where it's meant to have had the supernatural powers? I guess so. But I'm just saying, where did these stories come from? I, I don't know. Where does any of the stories come from? powers. Because yeah. there was a point where... We're going to assume here that they actually existed, and then over time, they came to be seen as these mystical objects, and I'm just wondering, like, is that just myth? Well, the they say in this, which I hadn't heard of before, the, the Holy Grail was not only used for the Last Supper, but it was also used to collect the blood of Christ after he yeah. was crucified, which I hadn't heard of that one before. That's new to me. Um, yeah. So maybe that's the point where you're bl- drinking the blood of Christ, which is a very big thing. So maybe that's where the powers come thing, from. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I just, it's interesting. It would be interesting t- for me to talk to, say, like a theological historian or somebody and just say, like, at what point did these stories start to exist, you know? I do like the depiction of the Grail in The Last Crusade because Indiana Jones says it's just the humble cup of a carpenter right so he picks Mm -hmm. a very plain looking cup uh it's not the one that's gold with jewel encrusted and stuff because that's what you've been depicted as the holy grail like in in scripture and stuff but um Mm -hmm. in reality it's just a cup so i kind of liked that because it's like yes this is the holy grail but it's just also a cup i was really expecting the ark of the covenant to become more of a thing in the fourth one because they show it right in the end of raiders they show it being put into this big warehouse. You don't realize until the fourth one that that's actually in Area 51, this big warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they show that they they busted open the box that contained the Ark of the Covenant. And I'm like, ooh, they're going to get this again. Um, and and uh, nothing came of it, yeah. I think, honestly, it was kind of just an Easter egg, just being like, eh? I, I guess eh? that's what it was in the yeah. end, but I was expecting yeah. at the time. It was a cool little Easter egg, though. Yeah. Especially looking back at Raiders. Having watched At the that. end of it, I was like, do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? I know where that is. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The fact that they show that um, warehouse um, makes you think that they're going to play on it later. So I did like that. Yeah. I think we've talked around this one a lot. We didn't really talk about the what plot. What actually um, I mean, what does happen? Well, let's, let's look at the story beats. He ends up in Peru. That's basically just a character introduction because the idol doesn't really do anything. And then the next scene, you show him teaching his class. Someone approaches him. Yeah. Says that someone's trying to get to the Ark of the Covenant. We need your help. Um, the whole point of him being in Peru is just to introduce, like, he's not only an archaeologist who teaches, he's an adventurer archaeologist. And he goes after these relics. Yeah, so if you just started with that teacher scene, you wouldn't get that. You would just think he's no, some so nerdy guy, No, so you'd be like, right? why are you asking this guy? He's a bookworm. You it's know? actually really quite clever, because you show yeah. him in Peru, and then the very next scene, you show him in the classroom. So it's like showing you immediately introduction to this 
character, the two different sides to him. Mm. Right? It's not he's not one, he's not the other, he's both. He's Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? Which is really mm-hmm. quite clever. Um and then from there he needs his partner Marion, who's in Nepal, because she has this medallion well, that helps uncover where the Ark is exactly. It's kind of like a map. She's not even his partner. She just... So, he... I meant, like, professional partner. Yeah, I know. But it wasn't her. It was her dad. Oh. He used to work yeah, see, with her dad. Pick up on that one. Um, And he died. And Indy knew that... Um, so, he was sleeping with his colleague's daughter? Yes. Slut. When she was, like, 16. Um, <laughs> um, hey, man, it was the 20s. But, yeah, so the point is, he knew that her dad had this medallion because that was his thing, right? Like, right. that was his area of, of expertise was ancient Egypt. And he knew that at some point he had found this medallion. He's like, I need this. I know I'm going to need this. If anybody's going to know where he is or it is it's going to be her i know where she is let's go find her so that's how that went and then she ended up having it the nazis figure out that she's there yeah what city is that in where she gets lost in the basket there's an obviously iconic scene where there's a guy and he's got this big sword and he's whipping it around and he just shoots him i thought that was cairo that might have been cairo right so that means that most of the movie is set in cairo like they go from Nepal, which we said at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. I'm just, I'm just trying to go through yeah. it in my head again. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a lot of excavation scenes in Cairo. There was a ship sinking in this one too, wasn't there? They're on the boat, and she got the nighty from the captain or whatever. Remember, and you're like, you can see a lot through that nighty. Mm. <laughs> remember? <laughs> I remember that being in the desert. Was that a different scene? I think they were on a boat i don't yeah. remember um anyway You're probably right i don't remember a lot of this oh that yeah it was because didn't she oh, that's kiss right. the black yeah the black guy and he's like they come on where's dr jones dr jones is dead remember the yeah his name was like katanga and you're like that's not very typically african at all yeah katanga <laughs> yeah they go from nepal to egypt and i still don't know this guy's name he comes up in a couple of the different movies the um, the guy from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Sala. That's his character's name. John Reese Davies. There you go. Anyways, yeah. Once they're in Egypt, it kind of just all happens, and then they go back to America at the end of it. Mm. That's really all you need to know. I didn't mind the main bad guy though, Belloc. Yeah. In the sense that he's pretty much just a professional archaeologist as well like he's got that cliche line where he says we're not so different you and i you know which has yeah. been played a lot right it's been parodied, parodied a lot um but in this he's true it's it's absolutely right yeah he just They're wants it so for different. his museum not not i want it for my museum not your museum kind of thing well did belloc want it in a museum um the idol at the beginning yes because that was him at the beginning okay. as far as i understand but I think it's believable motivations. Like, if the if the villain here was Hitler, and he's trying to get the power to use it himself, rather than having another, like, scientist, basically, I think it's a really good villain character, and it's compelling, and I really has believable motivations, which I can respect. Yeah. So, in conclusion, I think it's overrated, even though it's perfectly fine. It's fun, 
and charming if you want to turn your brain off, but I don't think it deserves to be like a best picture contender or something. Um, and all four of them are pretty much, they're pretty equal in my mind. What number was this? 56. See, I agree with everything that you said. I still think it deserves to be where it is. Purely for the pop culture influence? Pop culture influence and the enjoyability that people get out of watching this franchise. Okay, no, I'll give it right? that. Like, I believe it there. deserves to be in the top 100. There are ones that we have seen that, like, basically, to be blunt about it, as shit as this one can be, it's a lot better than some of the other ones that are ranked higher than it. That's probably very well I said. Think, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like Gladiator. That's probably the worst one that I've seen on the list. And that's, like, 40-something. See, and again, I like tacky, like, blown-up action movies that have a lot of, like, production value, basically. Yeah, so, like, I really liked it. Okay. For the same, yeah, for the same reason that I like this. I like watching those movies that I think to myself, it would be fun to work on that set. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, everyone was dressed up like Romans. That's cool. You only see that in Hollywood, you know? Yeah, we did talk about that on Gladiator. We have been Danielle and Brenton again this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, comment on SoundCloud or YouTube, or support us on Patreon. And until next time, thanks for listening. Yeah, pretty much. So this was called Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then when the sequel came out, they're like, you know what, we're going to call it Indiana Jones. It's kind of similar to what they did with Star Wars, where they changed the name later on. But it was released as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it was changed later. Gotcha. Just watching through the four of them again and doing this episode of the podcast is getting me more excited to watch the fifth one. I will be interested Mm. to watch it when it comes out. Harrison Ford will be 80 years old. Fuck. I think he's doing okay, though. Yeah, I think he's looking to slow down, maybe. I don't know. Mm. God, he was way older than Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. He was, like... I'm trying to think how old he was when he was in the first Star Wars. He was, like, 38. Because how old was she? She was, like, 23. And he was how old? 38. Yeah. All right, that's 15 years, yeah. Far out. So he was like 40 when this first movie came out, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He didn't look it. No, he didn't. No, I'll give him that. But maybe that's because I'm used to old Harrison Ford. So anything younger than that looks younger. Maybe. I feel like to me, he didn't look much over like 30, 35 at the most, 33, you know. That's impressive. That's a pretty physically demanding role for somebody that age. Nowadays, I think, give those kind of things to people in their 20s. When did the first Star Wars come out? 77. 77, yeah. Carrie Fisher was 21. How old was Mark Hamill? Uh, 25, 26. They're meant to be twins. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Man, we've talked about Star Wars a lot in this. Huh? I said, man, we've talked about Star Wars a lot. I think that's a natural conversation progression when you're talking about 
um, series written by George Lucas the same year that Empire comes out yeah. with Harrison Ford. Um, Mark Hamill is five years older, so he would have been 26. That's a good guess. Mm. She seemed older, though. Like, she didn't seem 21. I think this episode's gone on a bit long, <laughs> which yeah. is rambling at this point. 